And we are live. We're waiting on Quran. We think he'll be here soon. And then we could have two weeks in a row of five people, but we'll see. It's coming down to the wire. Um, but we got a lot to talk about that we didn't get to last week. We wanted to talk about SRG, but it, you guys wanted us to talk about our best ideas and we were scheduled for it. So uh, we're going to be talking about SRG today. But before we do that, um, always want to remind you guys to check out the links in the description below for uh, Seeking Alpha. You can get a discount link to their premium service to where you can get read all their articles without any limits or anything like that. Um, and there's a lot of good stuff for individual holdings if you're looking to just get some different perspectives on it. Uh, it's a nice uh, platform for sure, uh, especially for some of these kind of niche value names. So definitely check out Seeking Alpha using our discount code or discount link in the description below. And then also check out uh, ShareSite where you can do your portfolio tracking through their uh, service as well. They have a free option, uh, but if you want to upgrade, that gives you a discount as well. And that goes a long way towards helping the channel too. Uh, so we can, so we can keep paying our StreamYard fees. <laughs> so, uh, and also uh, just an announcement, if you guys didn't see it, uh, we did put out a community post. We are looking for an editor specifically for short form videos. Um, so if you're interested in doing something like that, we're trying to, find new ways to improve the reach for this channel and kind of this whole brand of punch card investing. So if you're interested in that, definitely reach out. You can uh, reach out to our new Instagram. We haven't posted anything yet, but it's at punch card investing on Instagram. So go check that out. Um, and uh, again, we're looking for a short form video editor and also someone who could help us post uh, just the audio version of this um, so that we can actually finally get a proper podcast version going. I know a lot of you guys want that and we do want to fulfill that, that desire sometime soon. So if you're interested in that, please reach out and it would be a paid opportunity to be clear. So um, again, that's at punch card investing on Instagram, uh, like comment, subscribe, and uh, let's, uh, let's, let's kick this off. Um, what an intro. Yeah, I've got a super yeah. chat as well. What a start! Oh, it's, it's, it's a it's a great it's a great it's a great show. Frank's in the house, so that always helps. But th- yes. thank you, thank you, Jason. Frank, you have an admirer. Did you ever think you'd have mm. an admirer, in Jason? <laughs> what an admirer to have! <laughs> he must have missed last week's episode when all the boys were here. No, he 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 was here. Yeah, uh, I was talking. I was talking uh, bad, bad about uh, Carvana, and, and he heard it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I knew he was there. <laughs> um, should we? Uh, uh, should we start with? Um, I don't even know what what to start with here. But I guess just the, if you guys hadn't heard by chance, SRG announced that they're trying to do. They're trying to liquidate the portfolio. Uh, it's going up to a shareholder vote, and if that vote is successful, they will attempt to sell all of their real estate and wind up the company and distribute all the leftover cash to shareholders. So a uh, big announcement for sure, especially for those of us who were in kind of the liquidation camp, the liquidation value camp, which is a lot of people in SRG. And uh, that was a big part of the thesis. And it seems to be, I don't want to say coming true. We got to get through that vote first, but uh, definitely a huge move towards that. So um, that's kind of setting the scene, but where do you guys want to start? Valuation risks. I don't even know. I don't even know uh, where we should start with this because it's well, a big announcement. Yeah, maybe we just talk through some of the details of the announcement first off, sure. um, just so people can get a feel for it. So, Seritage, if, if you've been living under a rock, you might not know this, but Seritage obviously is all the real estate that used to be uh, with Sears. Um, they've been trying to redevelop a bunch of these properties forever, sell some properties they don't want to redevelop to kind of fund the redevelopments. Um, 
and they're kind of giving up, I think, <laughs> to, uh, to to do a liquidation instead because there's a there's a big disconnect I think in most people's eyes between the you know the price of the stock and the value of the assets. So um, yeah, shareholders are going to vote on a liquidation. We need, uh, I believe, uh, two thirds yeah two thirds approval from shareholders to go through with the liquidation. We already have 29% approval purely from Eddie Lampert. He's signed an agreement saying that he'll vote in favour of the liquidation. Um, they've given a range that they think they can generate anywhere from $18.50 to $29 per share. And uh, it's going to be over an 18 to 30-month period is what they think the timeline could look like. And then here's the here's their SEC filing. And they're trying to vote on uh, in their annual meeting and an approval to sell everything, as Tom was saying. Um, yeah. what, uh, what was the deadline on it again? Uh, when is this meeting coming up? Uh, I actually don't know that I've seen a date yet, unless I've missed it. I I don't know that that's popped up. Could be wrong, though. Whenever their annual meeting is, which will be <laughs> before the end of the year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was actually interesting that... Um, if you read through some of the details of this filing, they've actually got 50% of their real estate in dollar terms um, already on the market <laughs> before this, before the shareholder vote goes through. So um, they're, yeah, they're already underway. Moves. Yeah. yeah. Cause they could still sell without, they could still sell all the real estate without shareholder approval. It's really the, the dissolution. That's the big thing, right? That triggers the, yeah. that vote requirement. Um, Cause they could sit on cash if they wanted to, I guess. Um, but the whole idea is, yeah giving it back. Um, at least that's what Eddie seems to want. <laughs> yeah, I guess that they could continue with a very small number of redevelopments and, you know, do a, I guess, like an equity Commonwealth style thing where they liquidate almost all of the assets, <laughs> yeah. but don't liquidate the whole thing. Um, but yeah, they clearly want to get rid of 100% now. And there's also a couple of new directors, it's probably worth saying as well. So Eddie Lampert's no longer on the board. The... Um, there was one director who came in earlier in the year who previously was involved with the liquidation of, I think it was called New York, New York REIT. Um, and there's a, another new director that seems to have quite a big background in real estate transactions as well. That's kind of just come into the picture. So a lot of, there's been a lot of a uh, churn in the, in the, in the board in the, in the last couple of years. That's probably a big reason. They probably don't, yeah. That's probably why they don't want to do uh so much um, with the redevelopment project is that it's just a, that's such a tall order for anyone, especially with a team that hasn't necessarily worked together. Um, so that could be a big driving factor too. By the way, I just want to acknowledge James with another super chat this time uh, in dedication to Brad and his hat. So thank you, James. Nice. I think James is a pretty consistent viewer. I actually plan to wear a hat as well this week, Brad, but then I remembered that I have headphones that go over my head, so <laughs> I um I'd planned to to rock the NetJets hat, but um, ooh, did you not put the headphones so. over the NetJets hat? Yeah, I did, but then it was like it was like squishing the top, you know, it oh, looked a bit okay. weird. So, gotcha. Yeah, we should all get like Carvana hats for for <laughs> That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I buy a car through Carvana, I'll get a Carvana hat. I'll wear it for at least an episode. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Um, Tom, a question for you. With those 50% um, of the assets that have been listed, what part of the portfolio is that that's been listed? Like is it the premier mixed-use properties or multi-tenant? 
Yeah, I, I don't know that they've given that detail. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been some, I guess, you know, they're putting it out. They're obviously advertising some of these properties. So we've seen a few, the odd article being written about big listings. I think they listed, I'm uh, not sure if you know this, Brad, but something like 38 different retail properties. Um, do, do you know the details on that, Brad? I don't know the details. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know that they've given specific info to shareholders on that, but we've seen bits and pieces in, in news. Um, I, I haven't seen any of the premier developments come up yet. Um, it's mo- mostly been the standard Sears box and surrounding car park type properties from what I can tell. Yeah. And what kind of cap rate, I guess, are you expecting on those? Well, that, that's the multi-tenant retail. Is that what they put it as under their assets? Uh, those 38 that are on the market? Well, just the ones that you're describing, the ones that we have seen advertised or? Uh, yeah, those are just, I guess, straight retail properties. And I think a lot of them are, um, have, a lot of them will be vacant as well. Like Seritage has a has a mix of reasonably high quality properties properties and some very low quality properties that um, <laughs> could be hard to move at, at attractive prices. But um, they said that exact, exact thing and that, in this filing, it's not like they're um, unaware of that reality. So, well, Chris here brings up a question on on valuation. Any leading theories why the market price is still under both the the alleged value, if, if we're to believe our own projections on on the real estate, but also the state of liquidation value? They said, um, what was it, eight eighteen to twenty nine per share, something like that. Uh, yeah, I think that was the range. That's what they're claiming that they can get. Um, so is the market better is the market betting on the properties being sold for less than, the, than they're valued um because if we take a look at the stock chart we can see that it is currently at about 11 bucks that, that was after a pretty big rise up from five dollars so if you bought in down there you're doing doing all right um but a lot of people bought back here <laughs> so so um just trying to recover i suppose um but yeah we can i mean I, I factors yeah, I mean, there's always going to be a gap. I mean, if you if you look at something like a, a much more straightforward deal would be something like the Activision Blizzard, um, you know, deal with Microsoft. That's relatively simple where you've got one buyer, you've got, um, you know, I guess one kind of big asset. You've got a, um, you know, the balance sheet of the business acquiring that, you know, that, that asset and, and, um, and the, contract kind of the contract price is the contract yeah and and the price is set exactly so um, anytime you lose some of those things it creates more uncertainty and naturally the the gap's going to be wider not not to mention cash drag as well um, they still have debt to pay so you got interest costs that are adding up too um, so yeah that that's another thing it kind of depends on how fast they sell them too because um, those interest costs aren't going to slow down. And I think you could also take a more conservative valuation of the real estate assets. Um, I guess even Seritage, what are they saying, 18 to 29 or whatever it is um, per share of value. I think some people would assume it's a little bit less. Um, It obviously has been a popular short stock, and if you read any of the short thesis about it, they'd say it's closer to $8 or $9 per share. Um, I think that's probably overly pessimistic, obviously, but... Um, not everyone thinks the portfolio is worth as much as Seritage are suggesting. 
How much uh, debt is is left again? Um, one point five, is it roughly? Yeah. So there's one point four four billion of um, debt to Berkshire, and there's sure. the cost to liquidate the preferred stock would be seventy million as well. Jack, what what have you seen with cap rates, kind of in the retail space lately? Have you noticed any trends over the last six months or so? Uh, well, they're not um, they're not falling anymore, <laughs> but uh, cap rates are still quite quite low, which would mean properties are still pretty expensive. Um, but you're getting to the point, not so much with retail, because retail cap rates are typically have been typically bit, uh, quite a bit higher than uh, say. Uh, multifamily or or industrial, which tends to have much lower uh, cap rates, but they've been pretty steady now, and it seems like something's going to break soon because interest rates keep climbing. Um, though they have fallen in the last week, but interest rates are kind of hovering around that five and a half to six and a half range, um, and would probably be higher in the case of something like a vacant piece of retail property um, if you're trying to finance it. Um, so you got to get a pretty high cap rate on that, but if it's vacant, you know it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to finance on like your typical long term financing. Uh, you got to kind of stabilize the property first. But to answer your question, um, you haven't seen a ton of movement up uh, upwards in cap rates, but you have seen the upward move in interest rates in the last couple of months, and that's gonna put pressure on all real estate. So that's probably a big reason why they're tempted to just try and sell now rather than wait for things to potentially get ugly because uh, they have that big debt load to worry about. Super chat. Yes, I, I was I was going to acknowledge Lu- Luis. Thank you very much. We're, we're, we're getting inundated with, with super chats. They just keep coming. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be quite common that we get super chats with no question or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't please, know if StreamYard's not sending that through to us properly. Or, you got or, that right to ask, ask a reasonable question <laughs> and potentially reason. unreasonable, potentially. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, if you want to know like what... If you want to know what sort of beard oil Frank uses, that's the type of <laughs> that's the effort you'll need to go to to get that sort of question answered. You know, yeah, we don't give that out for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if it's worth sharing some of the maths on this. I um did a bit of did a few calculations and stuff before this some video. Evaluations? Just- Are you going off the old stuff? Uh, no, so this this is just looking at what sort of asset value um, is implied by the eighteen to twenty nine dollars a share range that Seritage have given us, basically. So um, obviously the debt is known, the preferred stock is known. They've told us how much cash they think they can distribute, um, so we can kind of work backwards and figure out not necessarily the asset value directly, but I guess the. Uh, the amount of assets that would be remaining after they've paid, you know, more interest for a couple of years and had some admin costs and paid staff and so on. So um, I can kind of share that here if you like. Yeah. Um, Do it. Let's see. Nothing like a Tom spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently on the process one, I messed my maths up slightly, but hopefully the, um, Hopefully the point got across. Can you guys see that? Yep. Perfect. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess the the first number we can figure out reasonably simply is this cash available for distribution. So um, that's just using $18.50 for my low option here times the shares 
and OP units outstanding gets us to a little over a billion dollars. Um, and the the Berkshire debt in the preferred stock is is known, so we can kind of work backwards and figure out this asset value after you know servicing all the costs they'll have over the next couple of years gets us to about two point five billion with that eighteen dollar fifty um, you know number. If we move up to twenty nine dollars, that implies more like three point one billion. Um, and from the previous valuations that I've done and that I've seen Matt Peterson do, that was getting closer to like four billion dollars, but um, Obviously, there's going to be some costs that that will pull that number down over the next couple of years, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe me and Matt have been a bit optimistic in the past. I'm not sure, but um, that that's a nice kind of reference point just to get a feel for for what Zeritage are talking about here. Yeah, and yeah, you, know, you do have to keep in mind they're not a REIT anymore, so uh, there is corporate level tax now, um, which they would have not had as a REIT, generally speaking. So. Um, that's something to keep in mind. They're going to have some sort of corporate taxes on, on profits. And, uh, oh, but the, weren't we talking last week about, um, yeah, that they're doing that special liquidation entity that, that treats it as though it's just, um, uh, it, 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 like it'll only tax like capital gains, uh, rather than taxing yeah, so, income or whatever. Yeah. So if they can convert to, I forget the legal term for what that's called, but if they can convert to that, like liquidating type entity, there'll be no, right. There'll be no corporate tax, and um, I don't know. It might be worth pulling up a balance sheet or something if you if you can, Jack. But I mean, Seritage has been losing money for so long; they have quite a bit of breathing room with net operating <laughs> losses before they actually pay tax as well. So sure, uh, that, sure. that's worth noting also. Um, yeah. But it's in, but it's interesting. Like this, hopefully, lays out the leverage embedded in Seritage. They've got, um, you know, in per share terms maybe $45 to $55 they think they can generate from these asset sales. Um, and then they've got, you know, $26, $27 of liabilities leaves that kind of net amount. But it just goes to show, like, if we're even modestly off in either direction on the on the asset values, like if I drop this to $2 billion, all of a sudden the liquidation value is only like 8 or 9 bucks. And if this was $4 billion, So four billion, you're getting to like forty dollars. <laughs> so it's very, very leveraged. To yeah, those yeah good point. To be. So yeah, mm. that's hopefully gives people a bit of a feel for the numbers. Yeah, no, this is helpful. <laughs> pull up the uh, get the balance sheet right here. Whoops, there we go. Looking for uh, isn't there like a tax liabilities line somewhere? I guess it's that. Is it that negative retained earnings? Maybe yeah, it must is that be. How it shows on here, like six hundred. Where was it again? Six hundred uh, million. Yeah, yeah. So that's their losses. Um, yeah. So yeah, they do have some room. <laughs> yeah, but but I, but if that if that, if this vote goes ahead, I don't think tax is going to be an issue. Um, at the heritage level, at least, um, investors will have to do some digging on their particular situation and cost basis and stuff. If if this does all go to plan, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll be heritage's problem. I I do wonder how how quickly they can they can dump <laughs> because uh, it does depend on price, of course. It always does. Um, 
they charge a super deep fire sale discount price, then it'll sell faster than if it was a premium price. So, um, but half the properties were already listed. So we're talking about another half is the other half. Aren't those properties quote unquote better or in more primo locations? Cause weren't they trying to keep some of those? Um, so maybe the second half would be easier to sell than the first half with that in mind. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. If I'm not too sure about visibility. Yeah, the, there's definitely some stuff in there that um, that you think would be pretty liquid as far as commercial real estate goes. Yeah, but um, yeah. there's some there's some dogs of properties in there too. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah. hopefully that's more than accounted for in the in the numbers we're talking about. I have a feeling they're going to give away kind of a lot of properties for free in pairing them up with those nice ones just to make it easier to, to sell the uh, not so nice ones. Um, that's, that'd be my guess or, you know, free and free in, in quotes, <laughs> yeah. pairing it, pairing it with a more expensive property. Yeah. Okay. We got a, we got a, a, another super chat from Luis this time with a yeah. random question, favorite non-investing YouTube channel. <clears throat> yeah. So the first thing that came to mind for me, uh, have you guys seen Mr. Ballin? No. So it's like, Oh yeah. The stories. scary story guy. Yeah. Scary story guy. Do not yeah, start same. watching it unless you want to invest a lot of time. Cause it's, <laughs> I, I got, I got sucked in. I don't watch it. <laughs> it was pretty good. I'm, for assuming, a while. I'm assuming that one's not kid friendly, bro. Uh, probably not. It, it would probably <laughs> give a kid nightmares most of the time, yeah, but. Looking at my list, because <laughs> it's it's ninety percent investing and like business type content. So I'm, I'm trying oh, to see. So my son, who's three years old, really likes this channel, Helper Cars. <laughs> it is so catchy; it's ridiculous. It should probably be illegal for kids because just wholesome, <laughs> but it seems wholesome enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've got a couple, I guess. I watch um, a few streamers and kind of mostly through their YouTube uploads rather than their live streams. Um, so Ludwig is one of them. Um, he makes some good content too um, beyond just his live streams. And then, um, I don't know, Coffeezilla is another one that I think, Jack, you introduced me to. Yeah, he's um, great. I watch, that's kind of finance almost. Yeah, he covers so much crypto, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Um, otherwise, Filion. Um, spelt with a PH, a um, similar style to CoffeeZilla, a lot of exposing things, but less of the finance-related stuff. So um, there are a couple. Kind of on the same note, Spencer Cornelia, he's kind of investing, but but he, he's, on, he's in that same vein as, as CoffeeZilla, but he's really good too. Um, see, some of mine. What's the did, gist of CoffeeZilla? What's the gist? Uh, basically covering scammers, fake gurus. That's kind of all that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and he does it in a very engaging way, and and he, he he goes really deep sometimes to where he's kind of the guy exposing the actual potential scam. Um, it's very interesting. Um, puts a lot of effort in for sure, <laughs> and he, and he's pretty funny. Um, I'm looking at my list here. I got. I, I occasionally watch like a good amount of cooking content. Um, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a- Adam Ragusea has become a favorite of mine. Um, he does like a lot of like really easy recipes or easy to follow recipes, I should say. And uh, he's a lot of like food science and history stuff. So it's kind of interesting. Um, 
a couple of, speaking of history uh i started watching this very weird channel called what if altist and it's this guy who just he's very dry but he like goes really into detail on like you know world politics and ideologies and stuff but it, it's, it's super dry but he's really smart and interesting to listen to sometimes but uh um and so is it like what if this one event was different how yeah would that some of his stuff is alternative history but others is kind of like well he does a lot of future fortune telling like what might happen in the future if this this and this happened and then he'll like look to the past and give examples it, yeah. it's often very uh dark but uh it, it, it's it can it can be pretty interesting if you're into that sort of stuff then i guess one more i'll point out is uh I like a lot of the urban planning stuff. So like not just bikes is a really good channel. I've, I've watched um, quite a bit of in the last year. Um, and he talks about like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to Houston, which is like pure car centric, yeah. like no transit whatsoever. And he talks about how that's bad. <laughs> and then we'll talk about uh, different, different uh, cities around the world that do it differently. He's in Amsterdam. So talks a lot about bike infrastructure, walkability and all that stuff and how to plan cities. And it's, it's interesting. Um, so I'll, I'll name those three and leave it there. Watch a lot of MLB as well, Major League Baseball. <laughs> How about you, Tom? Um, yeah, I I watch There's a lot of fishing stuff all the time. <laughs> no, it's I I was just like checking my feed for watch like fishing channels I watch. There's there's quite a few of them. That's that's like most of my non-business or investing YouTube watching really. So there's a few <laughs> New Zealand ones if people are into this. There's uh, Ultimate Fishing or The Lateral Line, both pretty good. Um, I get here. I also watch uh, Robert Fields. I think he's, I don't want to get this wrong. I think he's American. He may be Canadian. So no offense, Americans. <laughs> or Canadians. Um, but <laughs> Robert Fields and uh, Morningside out of Australia, there's like three of them who all now have their own separate channels. They're pretty good as well. So. That's, oh, that's pretty uh, much my YouTube feed. I, I've sent you guys some of the John Boy Media breakdowns. For have you enjoyed any of those? <laughs> the the guy who like narrates, he, he broke down like cricket that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched much. Okay, sure. Yeah. He, he's a good uh, he's a good like sports channel. He covers mainly baseball, but he'll like break down random sports. Really, really funny channel. Um, yeah. <laughs> Another couple I watch. Uh, Cody Co and Noel Miller, they have a podcast together too. Mm. Um, but both their YouTube channels are really entertaining. I guess kind of some of that mindless type of entertainment, but um, both funny guys. So look at look at look at the range we have. We're, we're and golf. I've got a lot of golf dudes too. Rick Shields, he's a man. Oh uh, yeah, Rick <laughs> Shields is good. Hey guys, I, I, thank you, Luis. But we have to move on to something <laughs> because. <laughs> Because, wait a second. Um, is that is that Karan Karnani? He's oh my entered, god! He's entered. <laughs> <laughs> he's entered the, our stream at long last. He's awake. <laughs> Did you sleep well, Karan? <laughs> We're so glad it's you could join well us in the second half of the show. See if we can close it out on. Have I skipped all the difficult questions? You know. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Have I skipped all the difficult questions? Like you know. <laughs> yes, we saved some for you. Yeah. Oh, we got a plus one for John Boy from Mike Sharp. All right, um, back to SRJ. Should we get back on track here? Yeah, shall we? Um, 
what else we want to talk about SRG? Any, any, um, let's take a look at maybe some questions, maybe. Um, yeah, I, th- I think probably one thing we're touching on is just capital allocation. Um, because oh, obviously, is it, like, is this a good idea, basically? Like, well, no, no, more, more like what, what happens with the proceeds when they start selling a lot of properties. And I think it's pretty straightforward. It seems like they're basically just going to prioritize paying down the loan from Berkshire as fast as possible and then buying back the preferred. Um, and then doing the cash distributions kind of towards the back end, back end of this process. Yeah. Um, I thought that was just worth mentioning. Like if this does get approved, I wouldn't expect Heritage to start paying distributions immediately. <laughs> I think they're, <laughs> they're probably going to retire as much of that debt, if not all of the debt um, first, but before they start paying cash out. Assuming this all goes to plan, that, that's kind of what they're thinking. What are the what are the risks here besides maybe some of the stuff we've already mentioned? They have to sell for less. Is that kind of it? They sell for less. There's interest costs. Is there something else here? I know we we've kind of mentioned in passing like the potential litigation shenanigans that could make things awkward. Um, uh, so that seems kind of like seems like a far off risk. I, I'm I'm not too sure. Um, what 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 are the risks are there here are, are here potentially? Well, the, the biggest immediate risk is what Mike has just commented. They've got um timing. Well it's 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 less than eight hundred million now. I think it's six fifty or something. Um but yeah, they've got debt due in July. So they need to at least come up with that much. That's kind of the most immediate issue. But um yeah, if they're selling a lot of assets quickly, you would think coming out with six six hundred million or so should be pretty pretty doable. Yeah, I wonder how refinancing would be in this environment. Probably pretty tough. And, and the rate would probably be quite a bit worse too. Like if they couldn't do couldn't do it, you mean? Yeah, I, I bet I bet well actually I, I suppose they could if they knew they were going to be selling, they could probably get something like a bridge loan or something, but that would be very expensive in the short term. So I, I don't think they would, you know, go under if if they suddenly couldn't make it, but you know I, th- I think they'd be able to do something to kind of kick the can out for another year. But if they're looking for like nice long-term financing, it's not going to happen unless some miracle happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's all, it's all with Berkshire right now. I, I don't think they would move too much around there. Jason says to take out an M1 finance margin loan. <laughs> Three and a half percent with M1 plus. <laughs> yeah. I think um, one of the bigger risks is that, well, one, they just can't sell the property, some of their properties. Some of them might be um, not wanted. And particularly if the macro environment keeps going the way it's going, inflation gets high, interest levels keep rising, then maybe it gets even harder to sell some of these properties. Um, I don't know. I think that especially if they're paying off the debt first, maybe they get to the point where they do get rid of this debt, but they're left over with, some of the crappy assets that they might not be able to sell at all. Um, that would be how I think about it, at least anyway. So you think some of the properties are worth zero? Uh, maybe not worth zero, but maybe too hard to sell. So in the time frame that you want them sold by, you could write them off as a zero. Um, because there is a time frame on this liquidation, obviously. Um, whatever time frame you decide you want it done by, Theoretically, some of those properties might not be sold by then, so you could write them off as a zero. That's why I'd be surprised if they weren't going to tag like their worst properties with nicer ones when applicable. Because um, I, I 
I'm sure they're conscious of that, that risk. They're left with a, a couple dozen just terrible properties that are going to take a long time to sell for various reasons. And then that adds on to the fact they might sell things cheaper than they want to, again, right. with this time frame issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you get less value overall. Well, is, is there any risk that Eddie Lampert swoops in and gets some of the premier assets for, for less than they're actually worth? That's all conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's circulating. Do it out there. I had one risk, but then I don't know if that's applicable, but like they might start doing a rights offering or something at some point if the share price skyrockets. They might dilute shareholders, but then again, that's very far out. Talking about rights offering, that that's very Bill Ackman of you. <laughs> Speaking of timing, he just returned all of the money, for, or is going to return all the money for Taunting Holdings, SPAC holders. <laughs> that, that recently came out. Yeah. I don't know. To, to me, the biggest risk is kind of what Frank said. It's trying to sell the properties for a reasonable price and a reasonable <laughs> length of Quickly. time. I, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, I think the Eddie Lampert thing's probably overblown. Um, someone can soundbite that, you know, in a couple of years when he, like, <laughs> buys something and sets on the dollar. <laughs> I know I'd look like a moron. But, um, I mean, he's he's no longer on the board. Um, sure, he's a big shareholder, but um, I, I just, yeah, a- anything's possible, but I... <laughs> You feel like a CEO shareholder would, you know, like before. It's like, yeah, we believe in Eddie Lampert, but then he just completely. Yeah, but but Eddie's not running it anymore. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's what like they expected him to come, turn things around, and you know, kind of put it on the right path. And then, well, we know what happened. So yeah, yeah, and I I don't know, I I can't see Eddie wanting to have a repeat of that. I don't think his reputation has improved very much from from the Sears experience. Um, yeah, that that's my two cents anyway. Um, Jack, I don't know if you can. I couldn't share it a better way, but I put an image into our group chat, um, which is just some of the valuation. Um, I guess from the bullish and even the short aspect of what I, the properties are worth. Are you able to just share your screen? I can just. Put it up. Um, sh- the stream now doesn't give me the proper option to share, which is the only reason I didn't. Hmm. Um, I don't see the image in the chat, but um, Instagram, Instagram chat. Oh, wrong chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's from a website called SpecialSituationInvestments.com, um, which is a paid service that um is. Pretty good. I recommend it um, if anyone's interested. So they won't be able to see the whole article, but they did write up Seritage as a liquidation thesis maybe two months or a month even before this liquidation got announced. So they're pretty on the money with um, what was going to happen. Um, it's a little blurry, but... Uh, it is a little bit blurry. I guess the only thing that really matters is those... The equity value per shares is what really matters in the orange, the dark the orange down the bottom. Um, so the optimistic bull thesis, they had $44 per share. This is, again, after paying back all of the debt. And within that chart, they do have the cap rates and everything else within broken down pretty well. Um, 
the conservative bull thesis at 17. So I guess those numbers aren't too dissimilar to what Seritage put out. The bull thesis is a little bit higher, maybe more towards the, um, I'm blanking his name, Tom, what's the guy? Matt Peterson. <laughs> um, maybe towards his kind of numbers there. But then they have the bear thesis as well, which is um, you can see $9 or $8.94 in the optimistic bear thesis. And they do have a possibility of zero, which is a pretty over-the-top bear thesis in my opinion. But um, they kind of lay out every scenario. I would disclude the one on the right in my opinion. Um, But the other three are all somewhat realistic scenarios in my mind anyway. If you get a market dip, that, that, the zero could happen as they could be underwater it, yeah. quite quickly. The probability but, is low, but um, yeah, yeah, but it could definitely happen. It's not like it's out of out of range. And the forty four dollars per share is almost just as unlikely as well. So yeah, you're sure. really looking towards those middle two, in my opinion. I think if you get seventeen or even a little bit higher per share, that's maybe best case scenario. That, that um, does make which, sense with where the current stock price is at. That's probably what a lot of people are thinking. It's yeah, it is a stock that has a lot of short interest. So, all these people that were short are expecting this kind of eight dollar kind of range. So, I don't expect it to trade too much above that unless we start to see these sales going through pretty quickly at good prices. But, um, yeah, again, I'll recommend specialsituationinvestments.com. Um, it's a good service and that's a pretty detailed write up, and they nailed the timing. So, so where'd that guy's opinion actually land? <laughs> that, he was quite a, quite a zero to forty-four. Like <laughs> that's like that I think there's a, fit. a um, yeah. sorry, that was just a at the bottom in the comments of this article. He included that just to say kind of every scenario. Um, I'll scroll through. At the time, he um, it was eight dollars per share, and he said um, target price of seventeen. So he was taking that. Lower bullish aspect. Conservative bullish. Okay. Yeah. So his opinion was seventeen dollars and six cents per share, which at the time was about a hundred percent upside, and um, yeah, still seems possible, I guess. Uh, Jason's asking, uh, why not just sell everything but the the crown jewel five assets? pay off or refinance debt and then joint venture with an awesome huge developer and make huge money long term. I think that's exactly um, what they're doing. At least I think. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not they're not retaining the five. Yeah, they're liquidating everything. True. But this is what it sounded like they were originally doing. Yeah. But yeah, that, development that's sort is hard. And that's a more extreme version of what they were originally yeah, doing. More more consolidated. Um, and, and he goes further, if you own these five crown jewel assets, wouldn't you hate selling this market? I will say that even though, you know, there's a lot of fear, like it's, real estate is still very expensive. So <laughs> historically speaking, so it's not like they're getting a some historically horrible, you know, bottom of the market sort of sale price. It's still quite high. Um, it might take a little longer with higher interest rates, but it's not like prices have crashed or anything yet. It could happen. Um But why not? Because development's hard is my only real answer and expensive. And they have the time clock to worry about. So it's probably just easier to just liquidate and call it a day. Yeah. Seems like Eddie's kind of over it as well. Yeah. As well so. Right. Right. 
So what happens to Andrea Olshan after all this, Tom? Does she go back to the, the family biz? Uh, yeah, she, she probably, uh, I don't know, does a, a new home renovation and then they prioritize another yeah. celebrity over her and they do an article on it. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that she, she hired some fancy like uh, interior designer and uh, then they went and did Meghan Markle's house first instead and Andrea wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Is that that's right? A true, that's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> it's on YouTube, right? Or <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I saw an article about it. I'm sure you didn't pick it up at your Berkshire meeting gossip. That's <laughs> nah. That was that was a while back. <laughs> I hadn't heard of that. That's, that's that's funny. Yeah, she'll take a nice boat out to the Mediterranean and uh, take take a nice vacation, and then come back and do whatever. <laughs> As probably yeah, I mean, the board would. Yeah, I mean, if this all goes through, she'll make I don't know roughly a double on her. Sarah Ticholdin. she's and, and, and whatever else she might have, uh, any options or anything like that. Any, uh, yeah, any? so that that's from her. That's what the option package. Okay. She hasn't purchased in the open market. Yeah, Tom, you added to your position, right? Like I think when it was in the low sevens or six, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, more like nine, but um, okay. yeah, but before this news was announced, maybe I don't know, two or three months ago or something. Crazy how the price has gone literally from like nine, ten <laughs> down yeah. to five in a roller coaster in like the span of three months, three, four months. Yeah. There's a question there from Jamie Miller. Um, if you could pull that up recently, Jack. Um, he said if you expected $17 a share as a fairly likely price and you accept the 18 to 36 month time frame, would there be a price near term where you would consider selling? Um, I don't own Seritage, so I'm not sure if he meant buying or selling there, but either way, the reason I don't own it is I'm not convinced in the time frame. Um, the value of the properties is, like I could accept a $17 per share. I haven't done the work to know if that's definitely right, um, but I think it's fair enough to assume $17 per share. But the time frame and the ability to actually sell those properties is why I'm not um, buying. I guess that's, that's the main risk in my opinion and why I can't really get over the line. So you were, if I remember, you were in it at one point, Frank. What, yeah. what, what caused you well, to get out? Long time ago, um, well, a year and a bit ago, I guess, I was in and out within a month and pretty much I just didn't do the work, wasn't comfortable with the, wasn't comfortable with the position, um, the debt, um, the actual value of the properties. Um, yeah, it's one of my Although I didn't lose any money, like 3 or 4%, I think, maybe a little bit more. Um, one of my bigger mistakes just because the work wasn't done before I entered the position, I guess. Cool. And, um, yeah, just to answer that question from Eunice on uh, recent sales, uh-huh. um, they did one, like, basically the day that this um, – news was announced which was Westminster Mall it's like one of 160 properties so don't read anything into it but um I think that was like a 46 million dollar sale I recall having it comped in my valuations from earlier in the year at like 48 million so that that one's pretty close but there's been some above some below it's no like, Nostratam yeah. right there seeing the future a, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah if you want to hire my crystal ball I'll happily 
actually landed out to. That just shows you how little cap rates have changed even today. So and a lot of these deals take months for especially a big one like that. So prices are pretty sticky for a while with real estate typically. Yeah, but but they put that big chunk of yeah thirty something retail properties on the market only in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, yeah. If there's any we... subscribers, by the way, that see a Sierra's property sale, please message me as soon as possible so I can see what's going on. I like to have <laughs> finger on the pulse with this stuff. <laughs> Do the work for him is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the biggest advantage it? of being on this platform. <laughs> so people send ideas all the time. Yeah, it's great. It's it's easy to it's easy to miss that type of news. It's often how I found out find out about news on any of my positions or anything that I've talked about is a DM on Twitter or something. I'm like, oh, good to know. Speaking of which, join join the Discord if you haven't already. Same same <laughs> sort of deal. Um, that is linked in the description. Um, any 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 last thoughts on Seritage? Maybe we're gonna uh, we can go over some other questions, perhaps. Um, is it still lower than any on cost basis or is it is everyone in the green whoever's invested jack you're not on a trade no i just have my one loan sold put that is no longer in the money so <laughs> just one brad what about you yeah i bought around green, 10, so i'm i'm slightly in the green oh. yeah i'm down a little i think my cost basis is in the 13s but uh, I've bought as high as like fifteen something and as low as nine. So, but on average, in the thirteens, I think. <laughs> James says management and debt make investing hard. Correct. <laughs> Among other things, but those are those are two of the big, bigger ones, for sure. I guess uh, I'm curious to hear from you guys. Um, has your cash position changed based on what you're seeing in the markets, what you think might be coming? You have your macro hats on. I, I'm foot on the gas, buying a house. <laughs> it's probably call me reckless. Yeah. Um, I, I put an offer on a house today, Jack. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Let's keep spending the money, spend the money. <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I would actually like to have some more cash right now. Um, I just took out some, as I announced today in my M1 finance video, uh, I, I took out some margin to cover the down payment for the house in Houston that we closed on. going to be dishing out probably 70 plus in rehab. Um, so it's going to be significant over the, ne- over the next few months. Um, and I would definitely like to not have to dip into debt to do it, but that's the risk I, t- I take by being fully invested. Um, so I just got to keep a close eye on that cash flow position. Um, because you never know when something's going to go wrong. You have some good contractors on your side there, Jack. It's probably hard to find good contractors. No, I, I, well, I, I'll reserve judgment until all the work is done. But there so far, go. it's been very good. We, I yeah. got my both AC units, two furnaces, and they rerouted the attic uh, HVAC stuff. Um, and that was great. And I talked to them for quite a bit. I was alone at the, the Houston house uh, Monday through Wednesday, um, kind of letting contractors in and out all day. Um, and so far everyone's been nice. Uh, pricing has been reasonable. Um, and a lot of people can work quickly. So, uh, so far so good. And they've all come via recommendations. I got 
a few recommendations, got a few quotes for some of the bigger jobs and everything was lining up as it should have. So uh, as far as I can tell, no one, no one is scamming me. <laughs> I imagine the weather was quite tropical. While you oh my goodness. It was 103 degrees Fahrenheit. Ooh. I don't know what that is. Celsius. And uh, 30, that was 30 wild. Like a lot. That was, that was wild. That's like Australian desert hot, but with humidity. So it was just it's crazy. <laughs> um, and uh, they, I, I had my first Houston power outage <laughs> as well uh, for a couple hours um, while, while they're working on everything. Because um, I guess the, the the grid is so overworked right now because they're having like record heat. Okay. Um, and all the people like me from Chicago, California, uh, New York, moving in, putting pressure on the grid. And they just keep building out. <laughs> so you have to get a generator or something. Yeah. I, I didn't have anything set up yet cause it's empty. So yeah, I'll, I'll have like a, at least a gas generator. Um, the, my neighbor had like a big beefy one that installed in the ground. That it's pretty commonplace down there. I might do like a solar battery thing. I'm considering we're going to have to re- replace the roof soon. Um, and I'm considering doing something like that, like solar with a battery backup or something. Yeah. I don't know how expensive that would be, but it could be worth it. Anyways, that's enough about that. <laughs> cash positions. Anyone else? <laughs> um, yeah, my cash position's higher than it's ever been, but not making a macro call, I guess. It's just I haven't come across something to spend the cash on. So I'm sitting at about 13 14%, I forget, but roughly around that range, and I like to be fully invested um, at all times. So if I don't find a good idea soon, it probably goes towards a rebalance shortly. But, um, yeah. It's not the macro course I mean to do it, I guess. Right. I've transferred all my cash position to Berkshire. So that's a savings account within the portfolio. So that's how <laughs> that's how I've kept it, yeah. Nice. What what when did you get into Berkshire? What was the price to book? I've been I've been buying like I think my average cost right now is close to around two ninety, a little bit less, two eighty nine, around that much. Uh-huh. How yeah, about on the ICS? <laughs> yeah. He's got, he's got a, a few dozen at least. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, a few. <laughs> just for fun. But yeah, it's roughly like a 16% position right now. So just kind of building it up. You better get to the meeting next year then, Karan. That's of right. course. Aren't we holding like the Punch Card Investing meetup at Omaha next year? We should. That's where we're going to launch the spec, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. right. Yeah. Blessed by Charlie. Stack is still in the work. Now we're going to be hiring an investment manager soon. We're hiring a, sh- a short editor first, but then after that, we're going to get a, get some bankers on board. <laughs> um, maybe just before we get too far off Seritage, one, one final thing I'd say, whatever your view is on Seritage and whatever way you intend to vote shares if you are a shareholder, um, I would just, particularly if you're not a US investor, I would just um, seriously like spend some time figuring out the tax situation if yep. um, these distributions do come out because that's going to be um, fairly material to your return, <laughs> whether those are taxable or not. True. Yeah, so True. just a note. It's a good point. These dividends would, I mean, I'm assuming they would be return of capital, right? They wouldn't be ordinary dividends. Yeah, yeah according if, to, if, yeah, if they get that special vehicle, right? Yeah, so they laid it out. If you're a US investor, um, 
<clears throat> I, I don't even know if they're called a dividend, but cash distributions up until your cost basis mm-hmm. aren't taxable and anything above that is basically um, subject to capital gains tax. That's the situation for US investors. But yeah, if you're international, there's all sorts of different rules depending on what country you're in. So figure it out for yourself. <laughs> get an accountant or something. get some clarification though from the management. Like I think... This month or next month, regarding the property sales and how everything's going. Well, they mu- they must be due for a um, a quarterly yeah. earnings update soon. I think within the next two weeks, probably. Yeah, or a quarterly losses update, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we do questions? Uh, Sandeep asked regarding the uh, cash question. Any no savings for rate, rainy days? Uh, if Frank was in here, we could ask. I always I do have reserves. I say that I'm fully fully invested, but I have reserves for every property. So like I have cash. I just pretend like it doesn't exist because um, it's really for actual rainy days, like if a roof needs replacing and or there's vacancy or something like that. So for the for the properties for sure, I've got um, reserves built up. Um, that I don't count on my net worth. I don't. Ca- I just count it as like prepaid expenses um, in 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 my mind and in in my calculations. So I do, and I'm sure all of us do. Yeah, Sandeep, I think like we're all super conservative. I don't know if you know us, but like, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, depends how, it depends on who you're talking to. Because like, if you if you compare us to the the average populace like we're probably extremely aggressive like people don't compare to people who don't invest at all you know and so i don't know what you call that <laughs> you know people live literally paycheck to paycheck um huge lifestyle inflation all that so <laughs> it's much higher risk than what we're doing yeah right it, it depends on what you're talking yeah. about like they're not <laughs> taking any investing risk but they're taking other risks so like depends on what you're going for yeah hey jack um to can US, um, you know, property investors get? So we have this concept of an offset account. I'm not sure if that's a thing in the US. Um, uh, what is it? It's basically so, um, you know, the average New Zealander and probably similar in Australia might have a, a portion of their mortgage on a variable rate, and it's all it's sort of like a line of credit. So if you have um, mm-hmm. If you have cash come in, you can put it in that account, which sort of temporarily offsets your mortgage, but you've still got access to that cash if you want to pull it back out again at any point. Wait, so that- like like it's just a revolving line of credit or you're you're saying Is it's he- an account? What do you mean? Yeah, essentially it's like a it's like a line of credit, but you can um it's pretty common over here to have that as like a, a chunk of your mortgage in that form. Yeah, that's not like that's what I have on my uh my former primary residence. Um, gotcha. I have a it's a home equ- home equity line of credit HELOC. Um, uh, yeah, true. and it's a revolving line of credit. So I I I use that kind of like a savings account, kind of. And I just pulled out like fifteen grand from that to uh for to fund part of this rehab, and I'll continue pulling from that. And then a lot of my new cash as it comes in will go towards that. So. Yeah, we do have that, and it sounds like that's the same thing. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it is. That's just, that's just something I'm just obviously thinking about a fair bit at the moment because I'm going to have to figure out how to structure some of this stuff. It, so you would you would get so like a portion of your mortgage would be uh, whatever whatever your fixed rate term is for a few years, and then the other would be a variable rate line of credit, like 
right off the that, bat? That's that's the plan. Interesting. Is in the U.S. typically you would get like a, a line of credit or a second mortgage after you did a you did your first mortgage for like a primary residence. Uh, and when you get to commercial, you can get more creative and you might have a bunch of lenders lined up to do certain things. But typically, there's kind of one primary lender and that's it. Um, and then if you want to get extra stuff later on, um, then you do it. I think the big reason is because uh, if you're already 95% leveraged, you typically can't get any second mortgage products that you just won't get approved. You typically need 80% equity. But a lot of the first mortgage products out there are like what I just got, the 95% leveraged, ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, you got to be careful, of course, but uh, I think that's probably why it's not that common. Yep. Not cool. Off the bat, not not that HELOCs and second mortgages aren't, they are kind of common in the US, but it's for kind of people who own their homes for a little while, typically, or if there's been big appreciation. Jack, do you have a target of how many properties you want to have in the next five years? Have you thought about that? Uh, I don't really think of the number of properties. I just think of the net cash flow. Um, that's really what I'm going for. If that if that's 100 units, if that's 10, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. What's your um, cash flow number? Well, it's the the thirty thousand dollars in passive in, of passive income, of course, um, that I'm documenting on the net worth series. But I should probably have inflation adjust that by now because it's it's probably more like 40, <laughs> 40 thousand I gotta get to per year. Um, so right now I'm bringing in like 1100 bucks a month and I'll, it'll probably turn into 1200 or so once I rent this place out. Um, and like that, that's, that's a good start right there. And, uh, I can start to limit some of the expenses by paying down some debt too uh, over the next year. Uh, especially once my wife starts working full time, which will be great. Get that dual income going <laughs> and we can start paying down debt more aggressively. Are you able to raise rents in line with inflation or do you have some rent control properties? I don't have any rent control properties. Uh, Chicago is not rent controlled. Indianapolis is not rent controlled uh, yet. (laughs) It could always change. Um, And then Houston most certainly is not. Uh, So if I ever rent the the place I I have uh, right now, um, things could always change. But right now, no, I don't have any of those restrictions. So, uh, yes, I can keep up with inflation there, which should limit that risk. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) There's a question here from Hodor Prime that it's a REIT. SRG is a REIT. Yeah, it's not a REIT anymore. Yeah, it's not. Again, like, (laughs) make sure your tax situation is sorted out. Yeah. Hey. I'm back. He's back. What's, what's your favorite Chili's song? Red Hot Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge. Nice. That's a good one. That's, I wow. agree right there. I would very much agree with that. <laughs> a guy had um, a guy on my baseball team uh, in high school. He he had Can't Stop. The the beginning of Can't Stop is his walk-up song, and it, it <laughs> just worked so well as a walk-up song. Like that, that like drum roll at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I never liked that song until I saw that in action. I'm like, that's actually kind of awesome. So, <laughs> was that a question right, we got in the chat? No, no, I just saw <laughs> your shit. <laughs> Can we take one more? Sorry, you want another song or another question? Uh, <laughs> What's your second? Um, Zephyr song is, or yeah, Zephyr song is probably number two. Good. California, California Cation is what got me into them. Um, so late, but I um, don't know. Under the Bridge is the best song. 
by far. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm going back to some of our early uh, messages. Uh, there were some questions up there. <laughs> we got a comment. We look colorful today. It's probably because of Tom's orange background. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a comment. Somebody thought Tom might be in the metaverse. Oh, I did see that earlier too. Yeah, that was from Jason, I think. Yeah. Is that true, Tom? Yeah, it's an easy double in here as well. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. An easy double. Nice. <laughs> Not sure how many people will get that one, but <laughs> should we talk about Twitter drama at all? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned it last week, but that's There's always fun. Worms. It lets ah oh. oh dear yes, we've got a cat making his debut. Nala on the stream. I thought you were going to say like. <laughs> Like Warren or something. <laughs> <laughs> I um I wanted to get a boy cat and call it Charlie, but um, yeah, the fiance didn't go for that one. What about Brett? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kelly the cat. Kelly the cat works. <laughs> oh, Kelly would have been good. Actually, should have gone. Should have tried that one. <laughs> should we make predictions on um whether whether or not we think this this Twitter. Deal is actually whether, go whether the deal gets forced through or somehow gets renegotiated. Give us your professional opinion, Jack. I've I've not looked at any of the <laughs> the claims, but just my my knee jerk reaction. Um, I'd be very. I think they'll settle on something. Uh, I don't think that they'll actually see it through. Like, I, I highly doubt they're going to actually the court. They'd actually get to the point where the court would force a sale, which might not even happen. I'd be I'd be pretty surprised, but I'm. I'm totally spitballing. I'm not too sure. Um, Cause this is a very strange case to begin with. Not, not a whole lot of precedent of, of, of this sort of behavior with Twitter and everything and world's richest man. Wild. Yeah. Just guy kind of nailed it. Now the timing, I think. <laughs> He's sort of right when the announcement happened, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so Andrew Walker and Jeremy Raper, two people on Twitter that are pretty mm. respectable, both have positions and are pretty confident the Elon will be forced to fork out the $44 billion or whatever it is. Um, and no, like obviously I haven't done the work, so no comment on whether or not that is true, but they're two people that I would respect their opinion at least anyway. Um, but I think even if it doesn't, the probability like maybe there's a there's a special situation there where maybe it's worth a certain percentage of allocation depending on your investment style and risk tolerance and all of that i guess but um at the current price even if the deal didn't go through i don't think it's overly expensive by any measure um and then if it does go through uh, then there's i'm not sure the spread at the moment but it'd be a lot of upside um if it were to be forced through so there was a good uh, uh, Patrick Boyle put out a video today um, going over some of the some of the part, portions of the claim um, and kind of what this whole he gave a quick like high level overview of what's going on uh, with some finer details as well. Uh, so definitely check out his channel uh, for for today's video. Um, he's he's literally on the beach in a suit. It's it pretty funny. <laughs> amazing dry humor as per usual. 
I wonder if this is Buffett's uh, latest. What did you think that on Twitter? <laughs> what did Patrick think? Did he say that it would is likely to go through or? Uh, he didn't offer much of an opinion there. Uh, he just kind of laid out laid out all the details um, on kind of what's happening, what's happened to this point, and what what both sides are claiming while telling constant dry jokes the whole time. <laughs> for his usual content. Because <laughs> it, it really depends on what direction they go with, you know, is Elon just trying to like get a lower price? Is he actually serious about backing out? Was he serious about anything? <laughs> so like there's a lot of unanswered questions that we'll, we'll learn about as it goes on. So. I think there's no bad outcome in this entire scenario. Like overall, net net, there's no bad outcome. <laughs> <laughs> so every outcome is good. <laughs> yeah, so. Elon I mean, buying, they, Elon not buying, Elon paying a penalty, Elon not paying a penalty. <laughs> I think it would be a lot better not controlled by the existing management. <laughs> so we yeah. just hate hate current Twitter management. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, if if Elon settles, it'll be the first time that Twitter actually makes some money. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so shit company. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And if, if it's just the billion dollar buyout fee or whatever, it's like billion dollars and huge income. <laughs> Look at that yeah. income growth. <laughs> I see owning it has taken its toll on you, Karan. Yeah, it's completely like changed how I look at management. Like, yeah, big time. Yeah. What else we got? Any, any last questions? Yeah, let's, get a, let's get a non. Non Twitter question. I'll selfishly take this one. My portfolio allocation for real estate and stocks heavily towards real estate. And you can check out the net worth series for my uh, net worth spreadsheet. I don't know the exact percentage, but like 80, 20. Um, when you count, if it's just, we're just looking at equity, it's probably pretty not far off. But uh, if we're looking at actual asset value, it's way higher. Uh-huh. You and your bank partnership. Huh? Yeah. I, I, I did note, uh, um, so long as everything holds up, I crossed a, a million dollars in assets, but I also Yay. have like 900 something in, in liabilities. So so <laughs> it's, is it really my assets? <laughs> Needs more leverage. But it, it, I was weird. I like, I punched in the property it, into my tracker spreadsheet. I was like, whoa, like I'm over a million. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> Could easily fall like quickly, but um, it's just, uh, it's weird. It's weird how uh, leverage can accelerate things. OPM. Yes. Yeah. Now, if I just pay <clears throat> off all the debt and do nothing else for the next, you know, 20 years, then uh, I'll, I'll be in great shape. <laughs> Have a million dollar net worth. <laughs> if nothing, if everything else holds. <laughs> yeah. You would hope those, those properties are going up over 30 years. Yeah. Or just hold. I never factor yeah. in appreciation, but it would be much appreciated. Get it. <laughs> hey, I like that. Can we get a, do you have anything on your soundboard? <laughs> no, I don't have it. It's just whatever Streamyard has. They just have music, and I have I have Hallelujah in there for, <laughs> which I've now used twice, which is fun. When Quran turns up, yeah. Whatever we have, all five. Is there any other company that you guys are looking at, at the moment? 
Anything interesting that's coming up on your radar? People have mentioned Thor in the chat. Except Thor, yeah. Which is are people looking Jason's to buy Thor? obsessed with. Yeah, never heard yeah. of it. Besides Tom, we know what Tom's doing with Thor. But anyone else considering Thor? Are we going to replace Heritage with something else? Like maybe we can start discussing. Yeah. At some point, because it's not too yeah, far. We're getting close. Oh, what about we'll the punch out, drunk portfolio? We'll get out twenty nine dollars of dividends well, first. Wait, punch it. drunk though, we ha- we have to figure out a replacement for uh, Tontine. This Tontine Holdings is liquidating, or you're getting your cash back. Yeah. So, what what are we gonna do there? You go from stock to cash. Yeah. Just leave it as cash. Voyage is pretty good. Well, I already have a cash position in there. I think. Yeah. Maybe treasuries. Can you do a U.S. Treasury fund? I think that's what Brad's got. Yeah. What's that, Karan? No, I wonder if there's someone out there who actually thinks like, "Oh, I should buy bonds at this point." <laughs> yeah, the, I think we had a central banks. Yeah, <laughs> central banks. That's who buys bonds now. That's why they're so expensive. <laughs> yeah. A fair bit of your portfolios in bonds, Karan, now with um. With that Berkshire position, well, <laughs> they're they're short term though. They're not like I mean the rate at which he's buying. He, yeah, he's buying oxy like you know it's it's like <laughs> there's no tomorrow. Like, like every other oxy, day yeah. we see the notification. Buffett <laughs> buying, has bought more buying oxy. oxy like it's oxy. <laughs> he's addicted. <laughs> yeah, he's putting that it's, cash to work at least. It's a very American joke. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was taking a look at Hingham, but it's um, it's risen back up a little bit. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to read the earnings from overnight, Frank. It's kind of interesting to look through. But yeah, yeah, they've got a few few short term headwinds, but the stock went up. <laughs> It um, got pretty cheap there for a while. Yeah. Jack, is um, Total Mac Beach Mac doing anything or is it just still falling? Coasting? <laughs> coasting. <laughs> I haven't heard any any updates uh, recently. Um, we shall see. Mm. Yeah, potentially, like Total Beach could be bought out. Heritage goes off, so we'll have a lot of cash freed up. So. True. Yeah, that'd be something. But both like liquidate at the same time. <laughs> I, I think I, Turtle Beach would probably be, it would merge. It wouldn't be like I, I doubt it'd be cat pure cash. You'd probably you'd probably get shares and whatever acquires them. I, I would guess, but that's all assuming they even get acquired, which may or may not happen. Maybe final question: Who still owns Baba? Of course. Don't don't, don't all of us? Charlie does. That's who. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all do. Sold, Baba. <laughs> I have, I'm not told. Yeah. Is anyone? I'm at like what's basis now though? Which I was going to say, cool. is anyone positive? I think I was for a while. I don't know the current price. I think it's around 100 or 99, something like that. I Maybe think I'm Rob Vanol might have sold his Baba, or it's, it's just tanked so much that it doesn't show up in his top 10 anymore. Hmm. So he rolled it into Carvana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Don't know. Double down. Final thoughts before we wrap up on whatever. 
Anything you got to get off your chest? <laughs> get an accountant. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty tired. <laughs> it's time to go to bed. Uh, with that said, everyone, thanks for thanks for coming by. As always, like, comment, subscribe. It goes a long way towards helping the channel. So does looking at those discount links in the description below for ShareSite and for Seeking Alpha. You can get a discount on their premium subscriptions. Uh, you can also check out the free versions of both of those while you're at it um, using our links, of course. Uh, be careful out there and uh, don't don't over leverage <laughs> because uh, that, that's not a good idea. And with that said, um, take care, everyone.